and welcome to the final episode of the OWASP podcast for 2022. And this one we're going to do a year in review, partially because I think it's just worth it. This is my first year of doing the podcast. And secondly, hey, it's always fun getting people to record a podcast during the holiday season. So we're going to run with it. We're also going to make it a little more interesting because I want to gauge myself against the OWASP flagship projects. In other words, I want to look at the people I've interviewed and the topics we discussed, and can I match those up to some OWASP flagship projects? The OWASP flagship projects are supposed to be those that are of strategic value to the OWASP Foundation, so let's see how closely I can match these up, or at least force, i.e. backronym them into place. So here goes. All right, here we go. We got 12 episodes, 18 flagship projects, and one year in review. Let's get started. So January, that's an easy month. That was when Mark Miller introduced the new OWASP podcast host, myself and Vendana. And so really not much to go with that one. I'm not even going to try to match up projects. So it's really 11 episodes and 18 projects just to make things a little harder. So February was my first episode. That was when I spoke with Tanya Jenka about all about AppSec, WeHack Purple, the community she has, and also her purple, like there's a purple theme going here, Alice and Bob Learn Application Security Book. So that was a fun one. And basically we talked about how to run a successful AppSec program, all about kind of the good and bad about doing AppSec. The perfect match for that, in my mind, of OWASP flagship projects is, of course, OWASP SAM, the Software Maturity Assurance Model. This is a great way for you to get an idea both of the current level of maturity of where your program may be, or is currently, I should say, and where it should, where you want it to go in the future should you choose to mature it more. So great project. Love that. Perfect fit for that talk with Tanya. So I'm one for one so far. March. March was Wendy Nather. And we talked all about SBOMs. Fast times at SBOM High. One of my more clever titles, I think. So SBOMs, crazy in the news. They're still in the news. A lot of people still aren't exactly sure what to do with them or what they mean or how to produce them. A lot of the tooling is a little bit wonky. I was recently, I should say, at Global AppSec in San Francisco. A lot of talk about SBOMs there. A lot of confusion, honestly. But interestingly enough, OWASP has been doing SBOMs for quite some time. I'm doing these in chronological, what I believe is chronological reverse order. Order. Ooh, cannot speak. Cyclone DX, one of the two main specs for SBOMs, that is an OWASP project. Dependency Track, which is a fantastic project to keep track of your dependencies as well as let you know when vulnerabilities crop up in them over time. And then Dependency Check, a great way to check your software for dependencies with vulnerabilities. These three projects have been part of OWASP for quite some time, years. So we've been doing the SBOM thing for a while, so pat on the back for OWASP. So April, April was an interesting one. I talked with Courtney Nash about the void, the Verica open incident database. And that was a pretty cool thing. That was kind of a little out of my wheelhouse, but it was still super interesting. And the void was a way to capture incident information around like outages of generally large providers and to understand what happened, pull any data out of it and see what we can learn. 
I think if you're talking about things where you gather feedback from a bunch of different sources, as many sources as possible, honestly, and create something of value, I think the two perfect matches for that in the OWASP flagship world is the web security testing guide and the mobile application security guide. Both of those, right? We've gathered a bunch of information from a whole bunch of people and put them together in a nice to consume guide. So nice match there. Next, we've got May. May is Adam Shostak. We talked all about threat modeling. He's kind of Mr. Threat Model, to be honest with you. And he has a new book that is coming out that combines threat modeling and Star Wars. I think two of his favorite subjects. And that's going to be available February of 2023. So that's coming right up. Pre-orders now if you want to. But I think the perfect match for that one is if you understand what controls you have or don't have or are lacking, that's kind of one of the purposes for threat modeling. And if you think about OS projects that talk all about controls, you're talking about ASVS, the Application Security Verification System Software Spec. Shoot, I cannot remember what ASVS stands for. Shame on me. But if you think about projects that do that, ASVS is definitely one of them. It enumerates the controls you should have at various levels of rigor or control or whatever you want to say, security around a particular application. Pretty cool thing. Also, I want to give a favorable mention to Amass. Not directly about threat modeling, but it does help you understand and model, if you want to say that, your external threat landscape. Amass, fantastic tool. I have to do a little bit of a side story here. When I was doing IT for OWASP several years ago, I got a call from one of the board members who happened at that time be a member of the London chapter where there was the mass project leader was doing a demonstration of a mass and looked at OWASP.org and found a host name, cheesemonkey.owasp.org. And of course he asked me, what is this cheese monkey thing? Well, what it was, was me playing around with Ansible and automating, not only setting up conference sites, but pulling certs from Let's Encrypt. And I needed a host name to test that with. And so I thought, cheese monkey, who's ever going to go to that, right? Well, Guess what? Amass found it. So props to Amass. Okay, we're up to June. In June, I spoke with David Gilman about JWT patterns and anti-patterns, a, a talk I had seen him give at LastCon. And that was a great one. Really good advice. Some nice and interesting conversation around JWTs or JOTs or JSON Web Tokens, a pretty crucial part of API authentication and authorization. And I think if we're talking about providing solid advice on a single topic that's pragmatic and to the point, which kind of David's talk was, that re totally reminds me of the Cheat Sheet series. And if you don't know the Cheat Sheet series, you really, really should. They are very fantastic, short, very concentrated guides to help you solve very specific security problems. So someone has reported SQL injection in your application. I need to fix that. Where is it? Well, look at the cheat sheets. I need to do encryption at rest in a database. Go to the cheat sheets, right? I've got Kubernetes. I need to get that secure. Cheat sheets, right? There are tons and tons. I can't remember how many there are. 70 some odd? I can't. There's a bunch. You should check them out. If you don't know about them, definitely go there. And by the way, links to all these in the show notes. July. This is when I reached out to two of my friends, Greg and Cody, and we spoke about Defect Dojo. So Defect Dojo... Is it is a flagship project, so this one's pretty dang easy. I think the one that most closely aligns with that is the one it's after, Defect Dojo. 
Defect Dojo is a vulnerability management platform. It understands how to take in the tool output from 150 plus tools, normalize that, dedupe it, mark false positives, and then ship them off to issue tracking systems like Jira. Really cool thing. It's been around for, I think, eight years now. It's been around for a while, and it's quite popular. And yes, I am one of the core contributors, so, you know, put some salt to that recommendation, but I think it's pretty sweet. August. August was Neil Matatal going beyond 2FA. And this was a pretty cool conversation about the lessons he learned while he was working at GitHub and kept increasing the sort of strength and rigor of the authentication of Git that GitHub used for their web interface. And he noticed this pattern. Every time they ratcheted up controls on the normal web login, suddenly you have more attackers hitting the API. Okay, crank up the web app a little bit more, web app login a little bit more, more attacks on the API. And this got bad enough that they actually removed the ability to log into the API. At GitHub, we're talking thousands of clients. It's a really interesting talk. Love that talk. And when I was thinking about this one in summation, it's kind of, if you think about it, it really was about how attackers move from the easiest target and how shoring up one area sort of leaves another one in the attacker's path of least resistance. What is an OWASP flagship project that can kind of help in that regard? I think it's a mod security core rule set, right? This will certainly give you a good baseline. It's highly configurable and you can also make it even more rigorous if you want to write some custom rules, etc. So props to the core rule set. So September. September, I spoke with Wirefall, good friend of mine, a person who's been a pen tester since 96. OMG, that's quite a long time. He has got a wonderful view of the pen testing world, but probably more importantly, we talked about building and growing security communities, very related to OWASP, right? We're a huge security community. He, in his particular case, created DHA or Dallas Hackers Association. I got the great joy of going to one of those meetings later on that year, which was, that was, it was a blast. It was a really wonderful time. If you're in the Dallas area, completely, completely suggest you look them up. Dallas and Texas, by the way, for our international people. So when I thought about this one, really a lot of what the Wirefall podcast was about was how to raise up more than just yourself and sharing the sort of security knowledge around. And man, there's three easy hits for that one. Security Shepherd, Juice Shop, Security Knowledge Framework. All three of those projects are a great way to share the security knowledge around. Security Shepherd and Juice Shop, two purposefully vulnerable applications that are great learning environments. Security Knowledge Framework, a great way to get security requirements and code examples in front of your developers. Just all around great ways to sort of spread the security love and knowledge. October, October was Simon Bennett's Little Zap of Horrors. The first time I tried to get creative with the, uh, the podcast logo, and you can see how great my skills are with the uh, digital art. But this was all about Zap and all about running a large open source project and more. And, and very interestingly, how that almost fell into his lap by accident. He was kind of scratching his own itch when he started messing around with what at the time was Peros Proxy and became Zap. So obviously, flagship project for this one, it's got to be Zap. But I think an honorable mention also needs to go to OWTF, another project that I think started out as a, a, someone scratching their own itch and sharing it. And that's a project that's gotten a lot of traction and a lot of use out there. Very popular. Another great example. Then finally, the last one we have 
is Jimmy Mesta in November for the Kubernetes Top 10. So this was a list of the top 10 risks around running Kubernetes. Um, we had an interesting conversation about sort of the sharp edges and the good and bad of Kubernetes. Like anything, there's pros and cons and there's lots of trade-offs as well as lots of, lots of configuration options in YAML. And when I think about this one, I think about getting a list of the top 10 risks. Perfectly comes to mind, OWASP top 10, the proper one, the original one, the first one that OWASP created, right? I think we're now up to 14 top 10s, so we could top 10 our top 10s if we wanted to, just to go meta. And the other one I wanted to mention here is CSF card, another place where a very specific issue needed to be addressed. We created some software around it, we, the OWASP community, really the project leaders, and now we have CSF Guard. So that's our year in review. I'm looking forward to 2023 and having another year of great guests. I've got a bunch of people in my back pocket. I'm ready to pull out and beg, plead, borrow, or steal their time to get them on the podcast. But you'll know more when I get confirmations of their agreeing to be on the podcast and setting up a date to do a recording. But until then, I hope you guys have had a wonderful holidays, and I hope 2023 is everything you'd like it to be. Until then, it's Matt signing off for the OWASP podcast. Have a great end of the year and a wonderful next year. Bye-bye. I'd like to thank No Name Security for making it possible for me to record this episode. No Name is a complete and proactive API security platform that protects APIs in real time and detects vulnerabilities and misconfigurations before they can be exploited. No Name is an out-of-band solution that integrates with your existing infrastructure to provide deeper visibility and security. Please give them a look.